If you don't know, Dot and Joshua are on the leadership team at City Church and are generally fabulous people, and they're uh, going to tag team speaking with us this morning. So let's just, um, yeah, just lean into Jesus and um, pray for them as they come and share. Papa, we know that uh, you speak to us through people and that we can get close to you and close to each other by hearing the heartbeat that we have. And we just ask that as they share, that they would be able to lean into you and that the things that matter, the things that are important to them, they'll be able to share. And there'll be a sense of us all becoming closer to each other and closer to you as we hear their thoughts and the things that you have given them to say. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm going to go first because I don't want Dot to show me up. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, um, before I start, um, this is our first time meeting since church camp. So I just want to publicly acknowledge a few people who served us so well at church camp. Um, if I miss anybody out, um, please forgive me, but there are a few people that we want to acknowledge. Number one is a church and leadership team. So um, Liz, if you can stand up, please. Um, Neil, who's not here. Um, David, you probably can't hear me, but David as well. Um, who else? Ellie, if you're here, please. Phoebe, um, please stand up, please stand up. Um, there's one other person I think I've forgotten. But anyway, I think I want to just publicly thank these people and bless you for, oh, Cheryl, Cheryl's, okay, yes, yes, Cheryl, yes, thank you, um, but God sees your efforts, um, he will reward you more than we could do, even if it's a, an, um, a round of applause or whatever gift or whatever it might be, so know that God values you very, very much, very, very much, so thank you, all right, um, I want to sing a short chorus before we start. So for the young ones here, if you don't know it, um, after church, go on YouTube and just listen to the song and let it bless you. But I'm only going to sing the chorus anyway. Um, this is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. Thanks for finishing that for me, because my voice range doesn't quite go there, so <laughs> I need some practice, Tom. But yes, um, today I'm going to share briefly about the book of Proverbs, what it means to me, why it means what it means to me, and what God says in that book. So, um, and Dot is also going to share briefly about, not Proverbs in particular, but some things that she wants to share about the Bible, the value it holds for her and, and other things. So, when I was a teenager at some point growing up, it's not probably about five years ago actually, because I'm, I'm only 25 years old now, so, or maybe six years. But no, um, growing up, I think, reading the Bible and learning about it, there were things that as I heard it, I'm thinking, okay, I took, I took some things very literally. So for the, for the kids here, this, this is one for you. I used to think if I went to Bible study or church meetings and didn't do my homework, because I'm 
I'm serving God, I'm going to church. I don't have to study and God will just help me pass my exams because I was seeking him first. Because that's what one of the scriptures in the Bible talks about in Matthew says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? So I was thinking, okay, if I'm going to give up going to play football or athletics and go to church, hopefully when it comes to exam time, I'm like, God, look, I gave up this for you. So it's your turn to help me out kind of thing. But anyway, that wasn't the right way to take it. But what I learned from that later on is that God is first. And when you choose God to be first, you have to also go about the things that you choose to do. So do do your homework, do study. And um, yeah, God will honor you as you do that anyway. Um, so Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says this. Um, keep your heart, well, above all else, keep your heart with all diligence because out of it spring the issues of life. Um, I read it without looking at it because that's my favorite verse in the Bible. But I'm going to read the actual words in this Bible anyway. But, and then I'll tell you what it means to me and why it means what it means to me. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. In this Bible it says... Um, yeah, 423 says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. And that is a scripture that I think when I was about 17, 18, I, I, as I, I was reading the book of Proverbs because that was one thing I wanted to do. As My parents all used to say, oh, have you done your quiet time? Have you had your time with God? And sometimes I found it a bit difficult because I couldn't really engage. So my dad said, how about just pick a book? And then read that, and then at the end of the reading that book, we'll discuss it. So anyway, um, I chose Proverbs. I don't know why, um, but that particular scripture is what stood out to me the most. The reason why is that um, it talks about the attitude of your heart. When I first read it, I didn't know. Um, the version I read at the time, it said it used the word diligence. Um, I didn't know what it meant at the time. So there's no coincidence I'm wearing a hat that says diligence on it as well. But at the time, I didn't know what the word diligence meant. So I had to use my dictionary. Nowadays, it's YouTube or Google. Maybe not YouTube, actually Google. Um, so anyway, I looked it in the dictionary and he said, diligence means hard work, showing effort, and you're caring. And so I tried to then think about how that relates to what Proverbs 4.23 talks about, which says, keep your, guard your heart um, with all diligence because out of it come the issues of life. Um, we know that God is a God who addresses us at the heart first, inside out. God says, look, love me in your heart, not just on the outside, because from the inside, I will transform you. I will, I will relate with you. I will connect with you. And that's really why that scripture means so, so much to me, because when I do think about it, or when we all think about it, actually, everything we do, it does come out of our heart. And within our heart, we, the Bible, it, Proverbs tells us also that we can be um, wicked as, as men, as women. There's... There's, there's wickedness in us as well. The beautiful thing about Proverbs, I find, is that in the very beginning, it talks about a father and a son, and the father is giving advice to the son. And in that, in that chapter, there's an invitation to the son. The dad didn't say, you have to do this. This is what you must do. But he was saying, my son, listen to my words. Here's some advice, some guidance. And that invitation between a father and a son is what really is important. It can be an invitation between a mother and a daughter, a father and a daughter, and all the other combinations that you can have. But that invitation from a father and a son to say, look, let's talk, listen to my words, listen to my, listen to my advice, heed them, because it will allow you to live a well-balanced life. 
And through, through that, which is the very first book in Proverbs, one of the scriptures says this. My son, this is Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. 11 also says, if they say, come along with us, let us lie and wait for someone's blood. Let's waylay some harmless soul. It goes on to say other things. It doesn't always have to be waiting in, in the darkness to beat somebody up or to, to kill somebody because that's the example this is given. But in life, we will find people or things that take us away from being in the right position, being in a place where you can actually add to somebody's life rather than taking away from their life. And for me, the reason why Proverbs means what it means to me, the book, but also that particular scripture, is because in that, I need to be aware of the fact that God has given me an invitation to hear him, to listen to him. But also the reason why is so that my expressions and my efforts day to day can help people. When Dot and I were not married and we were, we were dating, courting, whichever word it is, I used to find myself often asking her, how do you feel about where we are? Um, and for me, that was a, an opportunity to really address how I was treating her, how she felt I was treating her. And if it wasn't anything that, if, I, if in her response I heard something bad, then I have to obviously just scratch my head a few times and say, okay, I can, I can do better. And, and it was vice versa. And it wasn't really to say, oh, I'm doing okay, so I'm all right. But it was more so to say, how am I, as a Christian, first of all, as friends, how am I adding to your life by you being in this position? And, and that's a question that whenever I, I read about the book of Proverbs or whenever I, I think about how my life should add to other people, I always think, how is my presence or my proximity with people, the fact that I know some of you here, I don't know everybody that well, but I know even the fact that we go to the same church, how am I adding to your life based on what I'm hearing in God's word? How am I making that difference? And that's why, to me, the book of Proverbs um, is close to my heart. Um, and essentially, going over to the very back of Proverbs, there's that famous scripture, Proverbs 31, which encourages women about how, not even how to be, but how to carry themselves, how to present themselves, and all those other things. And that in itself also, as, as a man, it's reassuring and encouraging to hear that there's advice for men and women how to live your life. And this isn't about even if you want to be, it says, because it talks about a virtuous woman. And so it's important to, to know that there's the right things to look for as well, the, the godly things, the godly values that we should hold. And the book of Proverbs, to me, it really just goes through the various principles, the values, the, the core values that as Christians, first of all, we should want to uphold. But also as, as humans, we should always make sure that our heart position is in the, in the place where we are always ready to show love, to show kindness, to show discipline. Because it's not always just about the, the nice things. In, in confronting somebody about something, you're also showing love. You're being careful about how you approach that situation. And so we often find it easier to talk about good things, about how you prayed for somebody, you encouraged somebody. But often, and this is one challenge that over the past year I think I'm, I'm getting better at, is to know how to address a situation of conflict where I see something in any of my friends or even in, in myself where I think, okay, if that was me, I would want that person to say, General Josh, take a step back. This isn't right. You know, you know this isn't right, so what are you going to do about it? And I find that I want those around me to do the same. If any of you saw me out on the street 
at night, half nine, talking to another woman, for example, in a way I shouldn't be, or you see me doing something that I shouldn't be doing, I would love to, well, I, would, I know that a lot of you will say something, even if not to me, to at least dot anyway. But you get the point I'm making that it's important to, to really challenge ourselves in love. It's important to uphold ourselves to a standard that is from the heart, not from just what we see, but to know why would that person be led to doing this or to doing that. And it's, it's that approach that I choose to hold close to my heart, the words of God about listening to God. I said at the beginning about the invitation that God gives by saying to, to um, the Father, saying to the Son, heed my advice, listen to my words. And those are the things that really help me to try to be a, a better Christian, but also to be somebody who reflects God's heart so much more. Because at the end of the day, we connect with God on a heart level, on a spirit level. And the best way we can do so is to really sit with him, hear from him, and allow what we hear to impact how we live. And so even I made, I made reference to this hat as well. That's one of the reasons when I saw, I saw this hat and it said diligence, I was like, yeah, this is a good way of even, yeah, just trying to at least remind myself. And it's a nice hat and I like wearing it, but the real meaning is that there's dil I have to be diligent in how I, how I live my life. And yeah, that's essentially why the book of Proverbs holds a lot of meaning to me. And the reason why it does is because of the heart attitude. David talks about, um, I have kept you in my heart. I have treasured you in my heart. God talks about how, like I mentioned earlier, he looks at our inward appearance. And, and for me, my encouragement to everybody this morning is that God will always want to look at your heart. And that is the best place you can connect with God. So that's my uh, very short talk today. Dot's going to come and share quickly and then I'll, I'll round up. So this is my first time I've ever invited my wife to speak. So Dot, come and speak. Good morning, everybody. This feels so strange. I, should, I, should, I want to sit at the back, and, but yeah. Anyway, so um, the topic of today is essentially talking about the Bible and what it means to us. So for me, I'm going to focus on a character in the Bible, a role model who, of course, as Christians, Jesus is our main role model, but I'm going to focus on someone in the Bible. I'm going to first of all quote this person and you have to guess who this person is. So you can either politely raise your hand or boldly shout it out, whichever. Um, so um, this person said, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Moses, yeah, that's it. So yeah, Moses is um, a role model to me. You might be shocked thinking, or oh, maybe it'll be Queen Esther or someone, but Moses was the person who was laid on my heart when I was preparing this talk. Um, and the reason for that, first of all, one of the main points um, is humble character, is meekness. Um, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. So his humility, yes, but then also his submissive nature, his obedience, his, um, the way he walked in authority in God and his trust and faith in God for the epic mission he had um, instructed to him by God. So 
Um, in regards to Moses and his story, one of my favorite parts, of course, we all know the part of the Red Sea, that's like the most amazing thing ever. But for me, which the bit that is laid on my heart in regards to Moses' story is the burning bush scene. Um, I don't know if you've watched The Prince of Egypt, the Dreams Works version, love that, and yeah, <laughs> love the depiction of the burning bush scene there, and there's also the very old school um, Charlton Heston portrayal of Moses, um, it's like four hours long, I, I watched it repeatedly growing up, my mum loved it, so yeah, I remember that scene very well. Um, but yeah, I just find it such a relatable moment, um, such a humble moment of Moses. You know, he's very vulnerable, he's having this dialogue with God, and he's just like me, really, like, I just, yeah, <laughs> how am I going to do this thing? Um, so God, of course, presents himself, and the first sign of obedience from Moses displayed was when he's, God said, you're walking on holy ground, and Moses took, diligently took his sandals off. Um, and there was also, um, yeah, so after that, he then obviously instructs uh, Moses, this is your task, I want you to free the Israelites from Egypt. Um, and Moses is like, who am I to be? He's like, why me? Um, and then God reassures him, I'll be with you. Um, and then Moses is like, well, if I go there, who am I going to say that sent me? Like, and God said, you know, I am that I am, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and then God further reassures him with the miraculous signs that Moses will be empowered to do when he's out there. So in terms of the dialogue, I just want to focus on two main parts. So the two salient points for me was when God said to Moses, what is in your hand? And Moses is like this old looking rod staff thing. <laughs> but God said, you know, this is what I can do with it. And, you know, turns into a snake, etc., etc. But what I want to focus on is about how God can actually use you. So it's encouraging to me in that whatever you have in your hand, like whatever, I don't know, financial situation you're in, whatever job you're in, whatever mental, physical state you're in, God can use you in so many powerful ways. Like don't belittle the gifts and talents that God has already instilled in you. Um, I feel that yeah, God can use you. No matter how little you deem your talent to be, I feel that God can use you in a powerful way. Um, and then going back to the quote which I quoted at the beginning, Moses then says, I'm not eloquent as well. So that's the second salient point for me, when Moses says, I'm not eloquent. Um, and God responds with saying, so the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Um, so again, that feeling of inadequacy, the feeling of not feeling like you're able to do something that God has called you to do, or uh, maybe there's parts of scripture which you feel, oh, God, can I really do that? God will enable you. God will equip you. Um, he will help you through the power of his Holy Spirit. And I feel like regardless of any physical impediment which you may actually have, God will be able to use you. And I feel that it's part of your unique story. I feel that it's part of the bigger picture. And I think in those moments you have to look beyond yourself. Sometimes you can just, you know, you look very inwardly and think, oh, what are people are going to think about me? I can't do this, I can't do that. But actually... Um, you have to look beyond yourself. You have to feel that, okay, you're part of 
this amazing plan that God has that he wants to fulfill about bringing his kingdom to the earth. So you have to trust that God will equip you and help you. And that's part of the humility. It's somewhat maybe like a prideful thing maybe, and you're thinking, oh, how will I look? But actually, in humility, you just like, you know what, I'm going to submit to God in his authority, and I will walk in whatever task he has placed on me. So, yeah, my journey personally, as in nursery, apparently I was mute. Like, I didn't say a single word. Like, it was impossible to get words out of me. Um, so, again, this is part of why this story relates somewhat to my character, because typically I'm shy. The fact that I'm here is, like, what on earth? But here I am, and I'm talking. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's been a journey. I'm still working on it, but um, a lot of the time I just have to just... Be like, God, okay, you're going to help me, and that is that. And shout out to my husband, who has been very instrumental along my journey of encouraging me all the time. Okay, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> okay, so, um, well, so, so yeah, so ultimately it's about being willing to be used. That's what Moses displayed, despite your lack of confidence. So, yeah, that is definitely what Moses um, has, yeah, exemplified for us. It also reminds me of one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which is about um, God's strength being made perfect in our moments of weakness. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in affirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So when it comes to obedience, it's important that you realize that God wants your heart and he wants your everything. That's the key to it. It's not just about ticking a box and just doing it. It's the heart matter that's important. So despite Moses' insecurities, Moses obeyed humbly and went about his mission, of course. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, um, when Samuel was speaking to Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. In the New Living Translation, instead of to, to take heed, it uses submission. So Samuel was basically saying that in regards to obedience. God sees obedience closer to his heart compared to sacrificing rams. Um, and just looking at the definition of taking heed, it's to give careful attention to. Um, I tried to look up, I tried to be deep and look up the Hebrew word. Um, so the Hebrew word is shama, which means um, to watch. So to have an obedient regard into something. So in other words, we must seek God's word, we must seek his instruction, and we must carefully take it into consideration into our lives. Also, just furthermore in regards to the nature of obedience, so Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2 it talks about presenting your body 
as a living sacrifice, because it's, it's, you know, as it's holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And further on, it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in terms of the sacrifice, the sacrificial side of things, I feel that in the obedience, actually, you're fulfilling the sacrificial side of things because you are a living sacrifice unto God. You are um, proving perfect and acceptable will of God through the way that you're living and encouraging people, obviously, along the way. When you submit to God, when you obey God, you see his power, you see his kingdom come and his will being done. Um, And yeah, just continuing on with the story, um, Jesus also said, Oh, oh my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. So in that sort of last-minute moment of desperation, Moses was like, I can't do this, please, I'm, I just can't. And it, and it reminded me of that moment in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus also was at a moment of, I can't do this task, take this cup away from me. Um, but of course, Jesus ultimately knew that his suffering was imminent and he had to go about his task. But there was that mirroring for me and... Um, again, you always know that God will empower you and God will be with you in whatever overwhelming task that is ahead of you. So yes, Moses was Christ-like. There's lots of parallels in the story of Moses with Jesus, as you know. So, you know, the story of redemption, the Israelites were God's people and Moses was used as a vessel by God to win his children back. Um, Moses is known as the author of the law. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And Moses, of course, as we know, brought the Israelites out of slavery to Egypt. And Jesus brought the Israelites and the world out of slavery to sin and death. And Moses, you can say that he's also an ambassador of God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So like Moses, of course, I've said, God um, used him as his ambassador to release the Israelites out of Egypt um, for their redemption. So just to conclude, um, it was the life of humility that Moses had which encouraged me, his obedience, his trust, his submissive nature to God, the bold authority that he walked in in Christ, and of course, being an ambassador for Christ. Um, So I'll just round up with a quote of Jesus from John, chapter 14, verse 31. And it's the amplified, amplified version that I'm going to read. And it says, But so that the world may know, without any doubt, that I love the Father, I do exactly as the Father has commanded me, and act in full agreement with him. Get up, let us go from here. That's the end of my bit. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. Um, I'll just read another scripture from Proverbs, and then there are a few questions that we can discuss in small groups, and then we can also discuss what, what Doc shared and what, what I've shared as well. I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commands knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes folly. 
The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. A fool spurns his father's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. And I'll stop there. Um, but a lot of the, the verses in Proverbs gives us parallels of what is the advisable thing and what's the opposite of that. And in that, we again, we are given a choice to make. We are all here by choice. Jesus chose to love us. God chose to send his son for us. And so in, in, in summary, we all need to remember that we've been given a choice to love God daily, to continually make our efforts to show him that we are loving him. Even when it's difficult, like Doc was saying, even when we feel like, why me? We all have a choice to make. And through fellowshipping together, we remind ourselves of the choice that we're constantly making. So I'll quickly pray, and then we'll just discuss a few of the questions that will be put on the screen in our small groups. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for another time just to put your word before us and share our thoughts and how it impacts our lives. Father, we pray that as we've all sat and listened to what, what's been shared this morning, may you continually look into our hearts, remind us of what your love for us is, remind us of, of the things that you have put, you've laid down for us in order to have the freedom that we were singing about, in order to have the, the power and the glory that you were speaking of, in order for you to work through us the way you intend to. Lord, we speak a blessing over our church, every single, every single person, from the, from the toddlers to the, to the oldest. We pray, Father, that we'll continue to be a reflection of you in our week ahead in everything that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.